1: up everyone welcome back for a brand new edition of collider ladies night one that i am especially excited about because this is something that i've wanted to make happen for a long while now and this marks the first i am lucky enough to be joined by a casting director on this show and not just any casting director an emmy nominated casting director who has impressive credits like a mile long Kaufman. I wish I had the whole day to talk to you, because even if we did have an entire day, I still wouldn't be able to get to all the incredible movies and shows you worked on. You're very dear. I mean it. I think you know one specific title I'm going to get to eventually. <laughs> I love that movie. The one thing I didn't tell you about Collider Ladies' Night is we always start with a little game. The game is called Dicey Questions. I have a, a dice tower behind me here and I have eight random questions. I roll the die three times and whatever random question I roll for you, that's where we start. There we go. All right, first one up. So number eight is called franchise. If you could cast a new film in the franchise of your choice, what franchise would you pick and why? Oh gosh, I, I don't know why.
2: Uh, I. But... I, i'm not going to people i'm going to elephants i'm don't 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 know maybe it's the scream maybe it's a plant i'm looking at i i don't know i i don't i don't uh i don't have i'm not good next <laughs>
1: <laughs> fine, fine by me so all right i'll i'll ask you one of my other favorite questions so we can lean into maybe a specific franchise that would really pique my interest one other question i love asking all the time is What's your favorite scary movie, obviously inspired by that?
2: Oh, it was like the very first scary movie I ever saw, and i'm I'm sorry, I've had a crazy morning, but I'm completely blank Jack Nicholson, oh the shining, the shining, the shining just scared the book me is right over my shoulder right now the well, shining it was like. You know, there's I, there was a lot of windows when I grew up, and I and I, we would hear about escaped convicts, and I always knew there were people's hiding in the house. The Shining really, really, really did something to me. Like okay. I, I thought it was true. Okay, maybe it I, was. Maybe it is. I All like
1: right. that. Well, in which case, I think the answer to your franchise question should be: you should next cast another Stephen King adaptation.
2: That's really funny. You know, the Stephen King uh, f- show that we did, uh, COVID happened the next week. And th- it, this was all, this was, ba- that's what it COVID was. That's the show we did with Alexander Sarsgaard, one of the stars. Talk about succession. That was, a, that,
1: yeah, that was the Stephen King, yeah, show, COVID. All right. I'm going to move on to your second role here. This is called favorite, least favorite. Can you tell me your absolute favorite part of the casting process, but then also not necessarily a part of the process that's your least favorite, but a part where you see an opportunity to maybe maybe grow and try something new? So my favorite is uh,
2: when an actor, all of a sudden, you know what the director's looking for and you're in the room and the actor nailed it. And I'm like, inside of me, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know, because it's this intuition, it's this gut, it's this smart, it's least favorite is negotiating. I just
1: can't stand it. I wish I could just go, I've got a dollar, please
2: do this role.
1: I appreciate that answer so, so much. As someone who, oh, like, I understand it's a business, but I wish I could just focus on the art and never the business side of it. <laughs> All right. You have one last role in my tower here. There's a zombie outbreak. You can pick two actors that you've cast in the past. Who do you pick that would give you the best chance of surviving the zombie outbreak?
2: Barry Keegan and Jodie Foster.
1: I absolutely love that pairing. Now I kinda wanna see a zombie movie with the two of them as the leads.
2: It'll be good.
1: Can you give me one quality that each of them has that makes you think they would be the perfect zombie fighting partner?
2: There's, there's, there's some kind, there's a kindness inside them. I could tell you stories when we go out and play one night, but there, you know, and, and so you want someone to save you right in the zombie
1: movie? Yeah, I, I, I think that they would not even if they like me or not. I think that's one of the best answers I've ever heard to that question, because I feel like most people go to, you know, well, this person can fight and they can run really fast and they're really strong and nobody values kindness in the zombie apocalypse nearly enough.
0: Well, because
2: you've got it. You're looking for you're you're waiting for that person that turns around to go, hurry, (laughs) you know, you're waiting for that person to be with you. Yeah,
1: for real. I love that answer. All right, so now we've hit the the meat of our interview here. We're going to go back to the early days of your career. What was the the movie, the show, or personal experience you had that first made you say to yourself, I have to build a career in film and television?
2: Well, it didn't go that angle, and I'll, you can interrupt me. Uh, I went to New York. I wanted to be a ballet dancer. That's why I said I better stand up straight. I'm a small girl. I, I got there, and I said, you know, this will never happen and met somebody who met somebody and they connected me to someone in advertising and they interviewed me and I uh, was casting in, in a big advertising agency when I, yeah, it's like like at a very young age. And then I was fighting for certain actors and I had cast famous actors in commercials and I they weren't famous then. Um, and uh a bunch of them that people go oh really wow um but the, the people i would fight for then they would go well they didn't have this they didn't have that so i knocked on every door to become a casting director for film and wasn't hired so i started doing extras which was a uh, completely different you know waking up at three in the morning extras then um John Sales found me doing location casting and hired me to do Matewan, and then Jody hired me for Little Man Tate, and and things happened. Angley came into my life, uh, you know, great things happened. Very, very, very appreciative.
1: So big, broad question here, but because you just name dropped so many wonderful, I know I just I just answered all the. Questions. We could leave now. <laughs> so many wonderful filmmakers there. Of all of the directors that you've cast for, can you maybe give me an example of two directors with a completely different and unique approach to the work, where your collaboration takes on a different form?
2: When I first worked with uh, Aang and uh, Ice Storm, that was his first American, uh, Getting to getting to know someone with a vision coming from Asia, um, from all of his other movies, I, I just, I, I, you know, I think with the director, you're looking for communication. I am, I'm looking to make sure I can, I can, I can do your job well. And so it, 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 every, everything just kept unfolding. It like the the light just kept shining like if i would suggest somebody to ang and i would see how he would think about it you know i remember i remember um a horrible silly story you know wanted him to meet kevin klein i took him to this restaurant in new york city and kevin used to have this funny reputation like he was turning everything down everybody thought it was too hard to cast kevin. and i would say now listen people say this about Kevin, but don't, let's not go there. And then all of a sudden Ang's looking at me and I went, and Kevin was right there. Okay, jump to um, AI, Steven Spielberg, thought I had read the script that they had not given me. So we were in this preliminary casting session and he said, you haven't read the script? So he brought me to his office and I read the script in his office. And part of it touched me so hard that I was fighting the tears because there's a lot of really meaningful things. And all of a sudden, so so my first, you know, my first meeting was I'm crying the whole time. Um, those were just two very, I, I have so many stories, but I don't know why those two Spring in.
1: (laughs) I have a million follow-up questions. I have a whole bunch of broader questions where you can pick and choose the title you want, but there's one specific film that you cast that I obviously have to ask about because the Scream franchise is hands down my favorite franchise of all time. I adore every single one of those movies. I've Like, I want to hear about every single ounce of that casting process. But I think one of the first questions I have to ask you is when you are casting a Scream movie, do you get to know the identity of the killers or is that even hidden from you?
2: When I was asked to cast Scream, the preface to that is the most beautiful director in the world who has left our world. He actually asked me to cast Music of the Heart. The first movie he did that was not was not a scary movie was not so we had a beautiful relationship and then he said will you cast scream and i said if you explain to me because i'm i'm a scaredy cat i'm a scaredy cat like you're asking me to cast scream nobody would ever ask me to cast scream so he explained to me because he um and and now i'm just blanking and i love him so much oh wes craven yes (laughs) and wes you know he studied um i think to be a priest and so he we we went into this whole detail of that yes i did know who the killers were um and i had so much fun because because i he let me have fun with it versus being scared i was a scaredy cat but but i but i love that you did that because
1: wes was the most lovely man in the world I was lucky enough to get to interview him once. And it's one of the the past interviews that I cherish the most. Of you, must all the interviews two, I conducted. you must have been two years old. I was definitely in the early, early stages What's of my career there? at that point. What? I was shaking in my boots. Excellent. I was too when he called me. Oh, I was so nervous. So. Specific question now about casting a killer in that movie, because I think the casting choice of Emma Roberts in that role is one of the most brilliant decisions ever. Where that character is not easy to bring to screen, where she has to turn on a dime and be able to sell both parts of that character. So, what was it? What did you see in her that made you think, like, yes, she could do both parts of Jill?
2: Because when she was maybe eight, Years old, I cast her as Penelope Cruz and Johnny Depp's daughter in Blow. And I, I love, ca- I used to cast kids all the time, and I would just sit and talk to them for hours to find out who they were because I don't think you can really teach a kid how to act. You have to cast. So, so because at a young age I got to
1: know her a little bit, um, that's why I knew she could do both. She is incredible. Oh, still no. still one of my favorite scream killers of all time because of what she brings to the role. That kind of leads me into to my next broader question. Are there any actors you discovered maybe when they were really young or even just first starting their careers that you're especially proud of and, you know, especially proud to have played a role in nudging them forward towards where we now see them today? Yes, but I feel...
2: I feel um, silly saying it. Um, How could I go past Leonardo DiCaprio and Basketball Diaries? If anybody would see Basketball Diaries right now, how brilliant was he and Mark Wahlberg together? Break your heart. Break your heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. A bunch of people that I'm very, very proud but i i I, saying names makes me feel weird but i had to understand that
1: especially when you have so many we're going to get to a bunch of other names i'll give you many more opportunities to name people (laughs) is there anything you remember about your first meeting with leonardo dicaprio that kind of signaled to you he's not just perfect for this movie but i believe in his longevity in this industry as well
2: because even as a young boy he uh i don't know him you know i knew him then for 2 seconds um i remember he was smoking it was like don't tell my mom um and i was like don't tell my husband um there's a sensitivity inside of him uh, there's a, there's probably still a little boy inside of him because that that was boys to men that was Lost Souls. The,
1: that was Finding Your Way. That was Mommy, Can You Hear Me? He is something else. I feel like that sensitivity in general is is connected to like a deep passion and reverence for this craft and this industry too. So I love hearing about when people have that particular quality. So here's yeah. here's a big question that kind of pertains to your your process as a casting director. Can you maybe give us an example of a particular actor you did an audition with who brought something unexpected to the audition space where it inspired you to change something about your process in future casting sessions?
2: I, I can't pinpoint what, what I'm going to say, and it may not answer your question, so I apologize. Um, casting this show called Mayor of Easttown, we had to cast a young boy to be the killer. This young boy was like, like not even, maybe, maybe 10 years old. And and that's very tricky. How do you you know you you don't want? To, there's a disturbance in the head. I mean, how how do you how do you cast somebody as a killer when they're a child? You, you know, so there there were certain there were that show there were so many elements in casting that kept bringing light to light like. We ended up flying the boy to Pennsylvania and having the director and the parents and everybody. It was a beautiful way to to open up a character. It was a beautiful way to, yeah, because
1: you're. I'm not, Wait, you're gonna cast a kid who looks like a killer? No. That role might answer this particular question, but looking back, do you have a role that you think of as the most difficult to cast Ever where maybe it even had you thinking, like, listen, I don't know if we're ever gonna track down the right fit for this particular character.
2: Nothing's I I know, I know I've been in that space. Um, I, I think pr- I'm gonna say if it's something that is something physical, I'm I'm gonna use the physical because um, you know. Nothing's easy. I mean, you keep it, you read a script and you think, I, I mean, even in working on Tar, which was a, a huge compliment for for me to find musicians, the the, the, the one lady that's in this opposite Kate uh, was not an actress. She's um, a grandmaster of the cello. And who would know? She'd be so brilliant, you know, it acting i mean we had to talk her into it she definitely did not want to become an actress
1: oh interesting okay i have a i have a broader a broader question about that when you when you find someone who is maybe resistant to being an actor what do you see in them that signals to you that that it's that it's like nerves that can be over overcome versus let's say a situation where they really don't want to, and it's not the best path to pursue.
2: You know what, it's gonna be sort of the same, meaning um, Todd really Todd wanted a cellist before he wanted an actress. And we did a worldwide search. I'm talking from Japan to a worldwide search for a cellist. Um, I think it wasn't nerves as much, um, for her and I'm, and I'm horribly rude because her name's not coming out and I want to give her credit. Um, it, I don't think it was nerves. It was, uh, here's a, here's a great example. I get a call from, so, so she's in Norway at this biggest cellist program. We're flying her to Berlin to meet with Kate and, and Todd and the and the rest of the people. And she said, I have to have an extra seat for my cello so i had to call and this is you know business class and because her cello is handmade she was not gonna send her cello without her so that was pretty extraordinary and then, and then you know um searching for bobby Fischer, steven really wanted a chess player and 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 it was a non-actor and um and it was funny because i had a video camera and i was going to all the chess schools and he was the one kid that was doing all the chess like this all you could see was like so if you remember the poster because steve i'm sure it wasn't easy to, to film him because he was always like that it was the way he could play chess
1: You've just cast so many incredible things over the years. I feel like this is a terribly unfair question to ask, but I don't know, is there anything you look back on that holds like an especially big place in your heart where, where, like, where you're especially proud of the ensemble that you put together for that film? I, I,
2: I, you know, casting directors, I feel really great when I can take credit for the ensemble because you do want to work with people who care what you think. I don't always work with people who care what I think. And that is, you know, how do you how do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal with that? Um I'm I love making everything work. I love hearing the words and knowing that I it it it's just it, you love what you do. Um so there's there's not a specific, but but um, I mean there's there's many, but that I am proud of, and I and I'm so appreciative to have the opportunity. And my dog is really small. <laughs> bark! I'm sorry.
1: Your your dog is expressing its enthusiasm for the <laughs> incredible work you did. And I'll lean into one particular title that obviously you should be very very proud of. Succession isn't just like an Emmy juggernaut this season. It's not just one of the best recent shows we've seen. It is bound to go down as one of the best series of all time. And it's like really something else on every single level. My first question for Succession in particular, what do you look for in a new actor that you're considering adding to that cast to make sure that this person won't just nail their particular role, but they can also go toe to toe with like these epic forces that are in the main ensemble? I have to say one
2: thing um about if I if I may is um we get and and you heard this before but we we would get the pages late because every that's the way television is. And and I would read the pages and the writing is so spectacular that the brain the you got to you've got to get into a different head it's it's so smart to read and the humor is so wackadoodle smart it's beyond shakespearean in so many ways and so i would have to read side. i would have to read the material out loud to myself like all the time like you would read this draft and then you would say it so um this uh one scene when um they're fighting over the tally they're fighting over the tally and everybody has to own that tally everybody has to you know karen has to own it matthew's got to own it you know jeremy's got to own it no if if the numbers are going to move and then adam godley is standing there and you know what he's not a large man and so how do you find a voice that's going to be as powerful not being a family member not being like a dictator. How are you going to find that voice to go, no, I've got to give the tally. And then he cracks up with the, with the Japanese, with the, with the wasabi, um, wasabi in his eye. And then you hear he, how he's cussing to himself and he's trying to get it out. And he's, he created, he created that world. I mean, yes, of course, of director and everybody around him, but, but, but that was that was one. Um, the scene with Annabeth Gish with Karen, that, that killed me when Karen walks in to go like, we're going to give you this great job. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do this and that. And then all of a sudden she's not quite following what he thinks he should be getting from her. We've all been there, but he fires her on the spot it was so honest her reaction so honesty in an actor acting is really hard acting is
1: so hard acting is so hard that's why i will never dare to do it but that's also why i love sitting in this seat interviewing actors because even to get the slightest bit of access into what it takes to give a performance like that I I mean it truly blows my mind. I can't I can't compute how they give that much of themselves to a character over and over and over again. And you've edited
2: beautiful because I think editing has got to be t- tough when you're you've
1: you've edited so beautifully when I've seen your work. Yeah. Oh, we we try. We always have to do justice to the work that we're celebrating. That is that damn good. I wanted to follow up on something you brought up at the uh, the HBO Crafts event last weekend. So you you mentioned that sometimes you're in a situation where you bring an actor to Jesse and the team and they might not say yes to the actor. And that's part of the casting process. But can you give me a specific example of maybe somebody you brought the team, they're like, I don't know if they're the right fit, but you just- determined- nailed me
2: in the talk. When you brought up- Zoe. So, She came in, he did it, and I I couldn't stop laughing. She, Zoe Winters, she, she, so good. And and you know what? She was, was it the physical type we were looking for? You know, somebody with bangs? I mean, everything, you know? It's like, who do you bring to Brian Cox? Like, literally, you've got a world of actresses. Who do you, who's going to play opposite Brian Cox? And so that's when, and, and often- Often, Jesse would call me and say, "Who do you think?" Because there's a lot of writers. There's like, how many eight right? there's a lot of writers. Everybody's got an opinion. And I was just going, "Please, please, please because 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 nobody nailed it the way she nailed it.
1: She's so incredible. And one of the things that blows my mind about her work on this show is how. Like where she starts is so drastically different than the performance challenges that season four poses to her. And she still manages to make Carrie feel like the same person, just experiencing two different things. And that is not an easy thing to accomplish. No, no. Her ATN audition video in particular, something that will be seared in my brain for the rest of my life. And I like it there. I love that. (laughs) I love that. So good. I have one silly succession question for you. Let's say there was a fifth Roy sibling, who would you want to cast in that role the most and why? Oh gosh, wait,
2: this? Um. Oh, I
1: don't think I can answer that. The creative possibilities are endless. No restrictions, you could cast whoever you want just because- well, No, but I, I mean, okay,
2: okay. Um. Okay, and now I can't think of her name. Okay, hang on. You're going to help me because I can't think Am of it. No, you will. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay, I I can't think of her name right now. I can only think of I can only. Oh, and and she was just in what was the film that Harrison Ford was just in? Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller, you got there. Yes, that's a great choice. Actually, <laughs> you know what? He's not going to, she's going to be the one talking to the camera going, can you believe he just said that? But I don't know how she could keep up with everybody. I mean, I, I would like to see how she could keep up with everybody because she would, absolutely. she would, yeah.
1: She was great in Dial of Destiny too. I thought she helped yeah, her yeah, yeah, the with yeah. Harrison Ford so damn well. All right. So now I wanted to teeter into the award space a little bit. And the the first thing I wanted to ask you, because we're talking about Emmys right now, but you've also cast quite a few Oscar contenders and winners over the years. And just so I can name a few for our audience, uh, you already brought up Tar. There's The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I could literally go on and on and on with all that. Of all of the films with actors in it that went on to score Oscar nominations and wins, can you give me an example of someone where you cast them in the role and you immediately were like, oh, this has that potential? But then I also want the opposite. Someone that you cast that it turned out to be a pleasant surprise that the film and their performance caught on in a way that it got them all the way to the Oscar ceremony.
2: This is not going to answer your question, but a film that's coming out this year that's called Rustin, when you see it, if he's not nominated for an Oscar, Coleman. I mean, the gentleman who plays Rustin is a phenomenal. Um, Oh, God, some of that was nominated that I was surprised with
1: yeah I guess we're like obviously you had faith in who you cast, but it was a pleasant surprise that the movie caught on in a way that it gained that kind of notoriety uh oh
2: gosh um um i i i will say do you know what i'm gonna say something that has nothing to do with what you just said. Do you know one year? lincoln and um angst move the tiger um life of pi were nominated together and they both lost and i was going how does anybody because i don't like i don't like these award shows because nobody's really better than anybody and no show's better and when i was like going life of pie and lincoln how could you ever
1: choose and they both lost. <laughs> I have a hard time with that. Like, even if I just narrow it down to the acting categories, there's been so many situations where someone's, let's say, nominated for a comedy. Someone else is nominated for a, dra- a drama. And I'm like, ha- like, how do you eat apples and oranges? How do you weigh one against the other? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have a very hard time. I'll- I have a very hard time. You already mentioned coleman but just to give another up-and-coming actor a shout out here and in case you can't think of someone i have someone in mind of all of the up-and-coming actors that you've cast recently who's a potential award season contender that people absolutely have to keep an eye out for now
2: oh gosh i didn't prepare for any of these um
1: you you know you have an answer I have an answer because Kelvin Harrison Jr. is one of my favorite people in this industry. He is just lovely, super talented, and I feel like like he's been on the cusp already of getting okay. Oscar nominations. So, and out of the blue, we were looking for a very
2: specific type, and Kelvin came in, and I was blown away. I'm very proud of Kelvin, and and you know what? Thank you for for bringing him up, and and. Kelvin, if you're listening, Kelvin, when he got that job, he sent me a painting from New Orleans, where he's from, and it's hanging in my office. So I think of him a lot. And I love you for saying that. I love you for saying that. I feel like there's like- a lot of people. There's Now I'm thinking of everybody. I'll,
1: I'll hear all the names you want to name, yeah, I love <laughs> giving the spotlight to yeah. people who deserve it.
2: I feel uncomfortable because then I'm going to leave somebody out. But you're
1: so lovely to remind me of all these. I very mu- I very much understand and respect that. All right, here's, here's like a big, broad Oscar uh, question for you, because as we've just pointed out, you've been part of many Oscar-nominated films. How, <laughs> I, th- this is such a big question, but how is casting not its own Oscar category and maybe what do you think it is that's holding it back from being added to the mix? <laughs>
2: Number one, uh, I'm not one of those people that's going, you know, we got to get Oscars because really and truly, who's better than, I mean, really and truly, who's better than somebody? Um, But I think a lot of people, um, this is a typical, this used to happen to me a lot. Things still happen, but this used to happen to me a lot. I would get a call from a producer who said, so I'm in the van. And we have a lot of people we want, we we're we gonna give you a whole bunch of names, everybody in the van, everyone's a casting director. I don't know if they do that with costumes or set design or anything, but oh yeah, like everybody's, yeah, yeah, it's free for all. So I get that because it's a fun thing for people to do, but it's also a frustrating part when I'm going like, okay, I'm not gonna write this name down because I hate the idea, but thank you for calling. I mean, <laughs> But um, I think, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. The industry's at a sad place right now, so who knows what's gonna happen.
1: Well, I guess I'll I'll lean into that a little bit because we we always like Collider likes to function as an informative resource and shine the spotlight on things that are important to the industry like the ongoing strikes. Can you maybe give our viewers a sense of how the current strikes impact your work and then, you know, to put a positive spin on it because strikes happen to make the future better. What is something about these negotiations that you hope do make the casting process a more positive one going forward?
2: Well, what saddens me right now is that during COVID, there were so many actors who weren't working. We, we were lucky enough. We, 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 we did that, I'm gonna shout out for Dope Sick. How, how great did they do putting that together, man? I mean, like really? And um, so, so we were really lucky. I, I was asking a thousand people to self-tape and I could hear that they were excited to do it because they weren't just sitting at home waiting. And and a lot of people got COVID in the middle of that. And as you know, all the stories, but now they can't even audition. And now it's like the people that make millions and millions and millions have a little cushion, but there's a lot of people who don't have a cushion. And now if you have a WG, we just got pulled another, show because they're the directors in the writer's guild so now we can't make so i just i just i don't know I, d- I don't have good insight because i don't know enough i just worry about everybody who's struggling right now that's all
1: yeah i i don't i don't blame you that that breaks my heart and You know, it's it breaks my heart from like a livelihood perspective, but also because of, you know, what you were leaning into a little bit. A lot of people in this industry, you don't just join the industry in this craft to make a ton of money. You do it because you're deeply passionate about it. And it's kind of, you know, like it's part of your being. It's it's your lifeblood. And the fact that both things are being threatened right now, it it shatters my heart into a million pieces.
2: And I and I do believe that many actors are actors because they can't do anything else because they're actors. That's that's what they are. And so they they're storytellers, they're they're communicators. And so no, it's not like I'm going to go out and I have a bookstore. I, I'm an actor.
1: Yeah. I get that all too well. I sit in this I sit in this seat because this is the only thing I'm capable of doing because the only thing that fills my life with, with like good vibes is the fact that I'm deeply passionate about all forms of storytelling and I like celebrating other people's incredible work, yours included. Again, I meant what I said, Succession is an extremely special show that we will be talking about for years and years and years to come. Congratulations on the show and on your Emmy nomination. I am so deeply proud to be part of Succession, and I am so deeply proud to have this time with you, and
2: you're so good, you're so good, and you care so about so many people that you bring it together.
0: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe.